God, we're way saying in a new season. As I was seeking the Lord for 2023, I felt he said this phrase. It dropped into my spirit. There's an army rising up. That's the title today. There's an army rising up. And that song, there's an army rising up. We used to sing it, remember? Who remembers that one? The Breaking Your Chain song? You know, it was a while ago. But this line in the song been reverberating in my spirit. And I can't get rid of it. And I also saw this army rising up in my annual freedom prayer that I had before Christmas. Um, and I could see the Lord rising up this army and they were coming together and forming very rapidly. Yeah. Like the Lord's doing a quick work. And assembling this army. But the question today for each of us is will you be in it? Will you be in it? Well, I don't believe in violence. I'm a pacifist. Well, we can all relax because this is a spiritual army doing spiritual warfare and is fighting a spiritual battle. If we're disciples of Jesus, then we are citizens in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. It's a great thing and a huge privilege to be a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. You're a citizen by birth, but you serve in an army by choice. Serving in the army of a kingdom or a nation is a very different thing to just being a citizen of that nation or kingdom. Because being a citizen doesn't cost you too much, really. (laughs) But being on active service in an army will cost you big time. It will cost you with your ability to move about freely. It will cost you with your time. It will, may even one day cost you your life. We've got two amazing Ukrainian people in our Tauranga location. And uh, Tanya and Dima. Dima's uh, in our young adults and he just escaped with his life. <laughs> and he got out and, and it's pretty freaky. He's learning English. But you know, when this Ukrainian conflict began a year ago, there was not only a wave of Ukrainian men joining the army, but there was also many Ukrainians who had been living abroad in other nations who chose to come back to Ukraine and join up also to fight for their country of birth. They didn't have to. They chose to. They knew it may even cost them their lives. But they enlisted because they loved their country and they knew it was worth fighting for. I'm going somewhere today, so stay with me. We are now citizens in the kingdom of heaven. We are daily enjoying the blessings and the benefits of being in the kingdom. Being a citizen, we get to kick back. Man, our sins have been washed away. We say, woohoo, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. It's awesome. So I can just kick back and relax. I've got my my ticket to heaven. I can rejoice and relax and rest in my religious status quo. Doesn't really require much of us in this season. We can do whatever we want. We have our own nice, comfy lifestyles. Yeah, I'll come to church, singing the songs, might even do God a favor and lift my hands a little bit, do carry the TV, widescreen, <laughs> maybe even wash the windows on a good day. We might get carried away. Might even do God a favor, read his word once or twice a week. But really, as a citizen, we're not making a huge difference. We're not risking anything. We're not taking any ground. Hold hope being enlisted in the army. Hello! That demands much more. Because when you're on active duty in the army, that's a whole other world. You can't just live where you want. 
in the wilderness. They were expert with bow, shield and spears, fierce as lions, swift as deer on the mountains. Pick it up again in verse 16. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David in the stronghold. So we've got Gad, Benjamin, Judah now, three tribes. Some from three tribes. David went out to meet them and said, oh, and he said a whole bunch of stuff. Carry on down to verse 16, uh, 19. Some men from Manasseh. Oh, there's a fourth tribe. Defected from the Israelite army and joined David when he set out with the Philistines to fight against Saul. And then lastly, in verse 22, day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army like the army of God. You know, David is a type of Christ. We see here waves of people going out into the wilderness to join David on his crusade. David did not go and try to tap them. They came to him. David was not even in a strong position at this point. He was in the wilderness. He was banished. Verse 1, he was in Ziklag, banished, concealed, hiding from Saul the enemy, in a place of hiding. And when we read verse 8 and verse 16, we see David was then in the stronghold in the desert, in the wilderness. So we see even when David was not having a great time, he was on the back foot. The Lord still assembled an army for him. The Lord did it under the radar where the enemy couldn't see. I believe this is a prophetic picture of what God is doing right now. He is raising up an army under the radar, out of sight, out there in the spiritual wilderness. The thing about the wilderness is, there's no fame involved. Others will not see you in training, in Jesus' army, in the wilderness. They won't be there cheering you on. Yeah, come on, baby, go. You're a winner. You can do it. If you're in Australia, you're a winner. <laughs> you're there in training, in Jesus' army, in prayer, and in the word. This is at home and in your room. No one else is watching. Only the Lord sees you. And only he rules. There's a call going out in the spirit today from the Lord to enlist in his army. Can you hear it? He is calling us to go out to him in the wilderness. He's calling us to leave the status quo of just being an easy citizen in the kingdom and become one of his warriors. Because we were born for this. We were born with so much water to sit in a pew or a row of nice plastic black chairs. We were born for this. It's not only going to involve rigorous spiritual training and surrendering up of our own time, it's going to also involve submitting to our commander-in-chief, Jesus, because we're on his crusade, not our own. And if you answer that call to be in Jesus' last day's army, you will be part of the greatest spiritual fighting force in history, shaping and extending the kingdom of God on the earth in the last days. And you will receive a reward from your commander that lasts for all eternity. And I believe that as a local church, as C3 City Church, as C3 City Church North and Tauranga and Coast, we have a calling to be a part of this army. We are not called as a church to just have one nice little Sunday morning service and sit on some black chairs and have a nice time. We are called to more. That is why we do all this extra stuff, like having music in here every 
That's why we have C3 College. We're raising up an army of leaders. This is why we have missionaries and support. Awesome people and, and Sean and other ones going out to India and Bangladesh and Fiji and everywhere. We are not just going to sit there and have a nice spiritual message. We are called to more than this and we must do it. We're not satisfied to sit around on our butts being citizens of the kingdom. We want to do something powerful, something significant. While there is breath left in our body, we want to join Jesus' army. We're going to help extend his borders and be victorious. Now we see here in this chapter that these guys decided to seek David out, so they did something. They got up, they left their farms and their orchards, they got up and they were looking for him. He was not in the center of town sipping a latte at the mall. He wasn't down at the crossing saying, here am I. They had to go and look for him. And David was concealed in the wilderness. And then they found him and they pledged allegiance to him and they stayed with him and became part of his army and submitted to the training. We've got to do the same. We've got to get up from where we're at and leave our familiar, predictable, boring patterns and start to seek out Jesus. And we have to seek him and not stop seeking him until we find him. Like it says in James 4, verse 8, draw near to God and he can draw near to you. It's our job to look for him, not the other way around. We make the first move. We seek him in prayer. We go into new spiritual territory. We do something different. We even go to church twice in one day. Shock yourself. Go to church twice in one day. Anyway, we see here in 1 Chronicles 12, not everyone went out to join David. Verse 8 says, some Gadites, that's dudes from the tribe of Gad, Gadites, they defected to David. Some of us may be like these Gadites. We are realizing we actually need to make a move here. We are waking up to the fact that we've quite possibly fallen asleep in our apathy. And we need to get up now and make a move to get into closer proximity with Jesus. These Gadites knew, knew David was out there somewhere in the wilderness. That was not enough for them. They wanted to go and be with him and fight with him and for him. We are like that. We can't just say, oh, yeah, God's on my side, and I love Jesus, and he's out there somewhere. We've actually got to get up off our butts and seek him and get near him. Get into closer proximity with Jesus because Jesus is on the move and we need to move with him or we will be left behind. We don't want to be like some of these other Gadites who didn't go. Maybe they woke up one day and all their mates, their warrior mates, are left to join up. They're like, what the heck? And they're all alone. We don't want to be like that. Sit there in our sleepish, sluggish apathy, spiritual apathy. One day we look around and, and all those on fire people are they're with the Lord and we've been left behind and we're just sitting there thinking, you've been left behind. It's a sad day. These Gadites ditched their boring lives and made a deliberate move to join David. They actually changed sides. They had to leave all their familiar surroundings and make a journey. They had to leave their family and friends, all those who were comfortable where they were, who didn't want to make them. These Gadites separated themselves from their tribe to ally themselves to David, to align themselves with David. You know, if we decide to join Jesus' army, if you decide that, not all your family and friends may like it. Not all of them will understand. Some of them will want you to stay with them in their lukewarm, boring, religious lives. 
Bro, what are you doing? Why don't you just calm down? What are you trying to prove? What are you doing in the tangent? Why are you going to see me collar? Just stay here with us. You don't need to get so manic and active about it all. You don't need to be bringing people to Alpha. You don't need to be going to that prayer meeting. You don't need to be going to that connector. It's all good. Just chill with us. Not all your friends are going to get excited when you decide to get up early and press in and seek Jesus more. Not all of them will like it in your family because you're showing them up. I love how these gadites resisted the peer pressure and they got up and went after David anyway. They left their lives of comfort in these because they found this urgent call to get up and join David and fight for his cause. So also, we too today need to choose where our allegiances lie. We need to make sure we're on the right arm. We need to make sure we're on the right side. Are we going to get up and leave our religious status quo of just being a citizen in our nice, comfortable Christian lives and actually make a move to be nearer Jesus? You know what? We can have noble ideas and desires and we can talk a big game. We can have all these lofty goals and New Year's resolutions for 2023. But unless we actually get up and move, we will accomplish nothing. Nothing's going to change. Be the same as 2022, which is the same as 2021. And as we get up and do something, and sometimes we have to make a stand alone for the Lord. Because our family and friends don't want to come. So we have to make a stand alone. Like Jonathan Edwards, that great 18th century American revivalist preacher said, resolved to follow God with all my heart. Resolved also, whether others do or not, I will. Some of us here today may be overly influenced by our fellow citizens in the kingdom who have no desire to join the army of the Lord and they don't want you to either. So we need to make some decisions personally about who we're going to hang with in 2023. I want to get around some warriors who are in the army. Don't let the spiritual apathy of other people near you get on you. Be zealous for Jesus. Now we see here also that some people from some of the tribes went, not all. Four tribes mentioned, Benjamin, Gad, Judah, and Manasseh. These warriors brought their giftings, they brought their sharpened skill sets to David, and they used them for the advancement of his cause. They didn't use them to advance their own cause, to build up their own bank balance, or to enhance their own standard of living. They surrendered themselves totally to David, their new commander. Now these guys were brave, experienced leaders, Many of them have been commanders within their own tribe that talks about. They were not novices, neither were they fools. They were battle-hardened warriors. And their names are listed here in the Bible. And David harnessed their bravery and their warrior spirit and used it to establish and expand his kingdom. And they gave of themselves to David and served him as their king. They chose to be in his army under his command, rather than be a renegade. How many renegades are there today in the kingdom? Too many, if you ask me. Loose cannons running around the place, not in any particular church, alluring to themselves. Oh, so vocal, keyboard warriors on social media, but actually doing nothing for the kingdom and criticizing those who are. I'm over it. You know, warriors who are not under command, which are a danger to all. 
Now, in David's army, these guys achieved so much more than they could ever have achieved on their own. And later in the chapter, we see that many thousands of others, read the whole chapter, from verse 23 onwards, from many tribes, eventually followed the lead of these brave warriors, and they also joined David. But unlike these warriors, their names are not listed in the Bible. I don't know about you. I want to be an early adopter in joining his army, a warrior with him. I want to hear his call. I want to feel his urgency. I want to join him straight away in fighting his battles. And then we're going to see many, eventually, many others follow too. In verse 38, here's another thing. In the NIV it says, all these were fighting men who volunteered to serve in the ranks. The King James says, they were men of war who could keep rank. I believe that means they understood authority. They could submit to those in authority over them. Not only their commander, but those under the commander who the commander had put in place. Can we keep rank? Oh yeah, often we love Jesus, we'll submit to Jesus. Yes, Lord. Here am I, send me. I will go. I love you, Jesus. We'll submit to Jesus, but what about your connected room? What about your location, pastors? Oh, I love you, Jesus, but I'm not doing what that youth leader tells me to do. He's got no idea. And if that pastor thinks I'm going to serve around here, he can just forget it. I am the answer to Jesus. Lord, have mercy. That attitude doesn't wash in God's army because God always works through delegated authority. We need to remember that. So as we sign up in his army, the first warriors, we're going to see thousands follow, like in the rest of the chapter. We're going to see in New Zealand many thousands get in behind and get in God's army. But are you going to be part of the warriors who get up and go after them, get up and go out to them in the wilderness? The Lord needs humble people in his army, people who know how to keep rank and submit to authority, people who know how to serve, people who don't mind a bit of rigorous training, get in the prayer meeting. I want to challenge us all at the start of this new year to be hungry to seek God. You might be thinking, oh, it's only 11.15 a.m., this is too early. Just lay off a bit. Can't you preach a nice message with three points or starting with the letter P? No! <laughs> you know, what did Wigglesworth say? He said, if I leave you as I found you, then God has not spoken through me. And I want to challenge you, this year, let 2023 be a year of growth by shaking out spiritual apathy and spiritual stupor that puts us to sleep and renders us immobile. And get a fresh hunger of God that gets us out of our pew. Let a fresh hunger for God that is humble enough to let others lay hands on us. Let a fresh hunger for God draw us to be humble enough to have a freedom prayer and learn how to tune our ear and to hear his voice before, uh, more than before. Let a fresh hunger for God get us serving, get us reaching out somewhere, get us involved with mainly music, with Alpha, with doing letterbox drops, which we're going to do later on, and all of this amazing stuff. You know, by the way, if you haven't had a freedom prayer before, or you haven't had one for more than a year, I challenge you to go to the information desk after church, open your book one in, or do it on the website. Who has had a freedom prayer? I've had five. That's just so amazing. I hear from God each time in them so powerfully, so much more than I do in my normal quiet times. Every time I think, well, I can't really think of any major issues in my life, but every time I go in and the Lord shows stuff, I end up crying and having this amazing time with God. You know, hunger is what makes us get up off the couch 
to seek him and prayer. Get up early out of bed and seek him in prayer and in the word. Hunger is what makes us get up out of our pew and come on the altar to seek him because we have a hunger. Here's another question and challenge. When was the last time you went on an altar call? Some of us here might actually be years, if we're honest. When was the last time you let someone lay hands on you and you receive a fresh impartation of the Holy Ghost? It can be pride that keeps us in our seats. It can be the fear of man that keeps us in our seats. Well, what people think of me if I go up the front, they might think I'm a basket case or something. That's bondage right there. Spiritual growth does not happen automatically. It does not happen because you make some New Year's resolution. It happens when we make a decision and follow through and do something. We decide to step out in faith and put ourselves in a position where we are not in control. Oh, we're control freaks. And we're letting God do a new thing in us. It happens when we decide to step out of our comfort zone and seek the Lord. We've got to get into his training in prayer. We've got to get into the prayer meetings that are starting again soon. I just went to one that started last week. It was awesome. Warriors train with their weapons, and I'm finishing if the band would like to come. And our weapon is the sword, the word of God. For the word of God is living and active, sharpening and double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, it says in Hebrews 4.12. We've got to get our swords sharpened, the word, by reading his word, the Bible daily. Some of you have got your Bible with you or you've got your phone with the Bible on it, which is great. We've got to get into it daily. If you find reading hard, then listen to it. That's a good idea. Now, we're going to give you one of these. As you leave, Monica's going to hand you one at the door. It is a Bible reading plan. Now, many of you probably already use a Bible reading plan. Hands up if you use a Bible reading plan. Right? If you don't, you don't have to. Um, but it helps us to keep on track with reading the Word. And what we've got here is we've got the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. And if you read a chapter a day, you will get through the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs in the year, which is really awesome. Some of you may be doing the Bible in a year anyway. It's really not about the amount we read. It's about going online with God every day and getting our sword sharpened. Now, if you don't need this because you already have a plan, I want to encourage you to take it and ask the Lord who to give it to. You might give it to one of your kids. You might give it to a new Christian you know, but take one because they're helpful, which is awesome. We need to hear his voice every day. He quickens and makes his word alive to us. It speaks to us directly, prophetically. It is time to get our swords out and sharpen them. And hear his voice. You know, the word, it's the Logos, the written word, which is, it was written by 66 different authors, uh, 66 books by 40 authors. So it was written by 40 different people, of course, the Holy Spirit, which I know all through those So, yes, we do look at who wrote it when they wrote it and who they wrote it to and for what purpose. That's the Logos. But don't forget the Rima, the Greek, and the is Logos written, and Rima is spoken. And every day, he speaks to us afresh, prophetically, through his word, through your life and your situation. That's why we need to be in the word every day. Even if you've read the whole Bible before, it's a lie. And every day he speaks to us. 
I'm finishing our little story. Recently, I was listening to one of my favorite preachers on the podcast, Chris Valentin from Bethel Church, and he was interviewing a guy called Donald Miller. And Donald Miller's written a new book, and he was the focus of his book is the work of Victor Frankl. Many of us have heard of Victor Frankl, an Australian, no, Austrian, not Australian, Jew. He was a psychologist from Vienna prior to World War II, and in World War II, he was imprisoned in concentration camps for four years as a young man in his late 20s. He lost his mother, his father, his brother, his wife, and their unborn child because they forced her to have an abortion in the camps. But three months after being freed, he began a speaking tour proclaiming the same message he had before the war, that life is beautiful and life has meaning. Now, we don't know exactly where Victor Frankl was with God. He was Jewish. But after he died, because he remarried, his wife, second wife, and his son-in-law revealed that Victor had actually memorized many psalms and Jewish prayers and would say them daily. So I don't know where he was at with the Lord, but after the war, he remarried, he had a daughter, and he died at the age of 92, and he wrote many books. One of them was an international bestseller called Man's Search for Meaning. And even before the war, Frankel had talked about life has meaning. And then Freud, of course, was writing the same time, and Freud, Sigmund Freud was saying, no, the desire and motivation of all mankind is the pursuit of pleasure. But Victor Frankel said, no, it's the pursuit of meaning. And if you can't find something meaningful to pursue, you will end up distracting yourself with pleasure. But the pursuit of pleasure, he said, eventually gets empty and will lead to depression and anxiety. We must have something meaningful to pursue. And when I heard that, I thought, I can't think of anything more meaningful than serving the Lord and his army. And I thought, how many Christians are not pursuing anything meaningful? They're just distracting themselves with pleasure as citizens in the kingdom. They're not seeking the Lord. They're not uh, pursuing things. They're not discipling anyone. They're not growing in God. They're not reading the Word. They're not going to see free college or, or serving anywhere and making music or outreaching or sharing their faith. So they're trying to fill their lives up because they don't have meaning, with exciting experiences and gaming and watching Netflix and, and travel. And these are not bad things, but if this is all we've got, it's empty. They fill their lives up with pleasure to try and find fulfillment, but it doesn't work because we are called to far more than just a good time. We are called to far more than just boredom and just warming a pew, pew ministries internationally. We are called by God for such a time as this to enlarge and advance his kingdom. Let's not miss this opportunity. Why don't we stand this morning? We're going to sing in just a moment. But I want to encourage you. Don't settle for being just a citizen when the Lord is calling you to be a warrior in his army. God is raising an army up. And if you need to join it, Stand up and come now, and we're going to lay hands on some people. You want to join the army that is raising up. Amen.